Hello everyone and welcome to episode 102 of the Unlocking British English podcast, a podcast where I talk about a variety of different topics in real British English so that you can improve your listening comprehension, learn a little bit more about British culture and about how to learn languages more effectively. My name is Shane and in today's episode we're going to talk about seven jobs that could disappear in the next 10 years. So this isn't a UK specific thing, this is something that uh, quote-unquote experts have talked about. Uh, I've based this episode on a list of 15 jobs that were predicted to disappear by the year 2030, uh, but I picked out seven of them to kind of discuss today to talk about why people think they're going to disappear and if uh, if we think that's a good thing or a bad thing or what might possibly happen. And yeah, this is a subject that I've talked about with a few of my long-term students and find it quite interesting. So I thought I would include it in today's podcast. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, just a couple of very quick announcements. Firstly, um, the transcripts. Uh, I know a couple of you have sent me messages about the fact that there aren't transcripts for some of the, the latest episodes. Uh, I am aware of that. It's just something that unfortunately I fell behind a little bit with the transcripts and as I kept recording the episode it sort of piled up and so now I've got a big pile of transcripts that I need to do and work through and so this weekend me and Olivia are going to sit down and try and work through as many of those as we can and start getting back up to date with the transcripts because I know that there are some of you that uh, really enjoy having the transcripts for all of these episodes and really benefit from having those so my apologies for those of you that are waiting on transcripts for uh, the newer episodes but I do promise that they will be here very soon uh, and then secondly as always if you haven't already it would be great to see you in our private learners group where you can hang out and chat with other listeners of this podcast other people who are learning English just like you so if you're interested in joining our private group then you can join for free by clicking the link in the description wherever you are listening to this episode so let's get into the full episode so seven jobs that could disappear in the next 10 years. So the first job on the list is a travel agent. So a travel agent, of course, is the person who uh, would help you to kind of organize your holiday. So you would go to a travel agent and they would uh, organize your flights, your hotel, maybe organize different kind of trips and uh, excursions and different things that you can do, different activities that you can do whilst you're on that holiday. Um, and there was, of course, a time when pretty much everyone would go to a travel agent to book their holiday because that was the normal thing to do and that was the easiest way to do it. But obviously now we have all these different websites and these different applications so that anyone can organize a holiday, at least a simple holiday, you know, from their phone, on their sofa. Any of us right now could book a holiday given that we had the money to book a flight and the, and the hotel and things like that. And so less and less people are less and less people are inclined to use travel agents, I guess we could say. Um, now, I guess that this is something that as is likely with a lot of the jobs that we'll talk about today, maybe these things won't disappear completely because, of course, there are still, there probably will still be some people that prefer to work with a person when they're organising something, you know, and if you're planning a 
a slightly more complicated holiday, let's say, or you, you want to do lots of different activities and lots of different things, but you don't really know about that country or about that area, then, you know, to, to work with someone who does know about those things could be very helpful. So I think that, you know, the trend of people booking their own holidays and not using travel agents will continue and most people won't even consider a travel agent in the future, but maybe there will still be some small companies that can do uh, kind of bespoke holidays, right? These kind of personalized holidays, more fancy, more luxurious, maybe, you know, for people that are spending a little bit more money and want to do, um, you know, a bunch of different things. So that is one job that could disappear in the next 10 years. And um, I think that, again, as is the case with a lot of these jobs, you know, when we talk about whether it's good or it's bad, it's kind of difficult because, Obviously, it's bad for the people that work as travel agents, but at the same time, it's kind of good in a lot of senses for the consumer because now, you know, for me as someone wanting to book a holiday, it's a lot more convenient and a lot cheaper usually to use, you know, an app or a comparison website or different things like that. It's a lot cheaper for me to do that than it, than it would be to go to a travel agent. And it's usually a lot quicker and a lot simpler. Um, so it's kind of, you know, it's a bit of both. And it's one of those, maybe one of those job areas where, you know, if you want to survive in that area in the future, you're going to have to be a bit more creative with what you do. You know, you won't be able to just offer a basic, simple holiday with flights and hotels um, and a map to get around the town. You know, you might have to be able to organize specific things, work with different companies and different groups within certain countries and all this different stuff. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. But a lot of people think that in the next 10 years, travel agents are going to be pretty much a thing of the past. The second job that people think is likely to disappear in the next 10 years is a cashier. So the cashier is the person that works at the shop, at like a you know a convenience store or a corner shop or a supermarket. The person that works at the counter and scans your items and takes your money and makes takes the payments and all that kind of stuff, right? Or the person that serves you at a, a place like McDonald's or something like that. A cashier is kind of like a general word uh, to describe that role. Um, and of course, over the last few years, we have been becoming more and more of a cashless society, right? We operate with a lot less cash than we did even five or ten years ago uh, between, you know, just the ease of card payments and the introductions of things like uh, Apple Pay or Google Pay where you can pay you know through your mobile phone uh, and even with things like cryptocurrency and stuff like that becoming more more and more popular in sort of mainstream society uh, it's something that is becoming more and more popular we're seeing um, less and less cashiers certainly here in the UK um, if I take like a local shop like Tesco which is just a, a small local shop where you can go and get you know basic foods and things like that um, you know when I go down to Tesco down the road from me uh, there's usually two maybe three people in there uh, and most people will use the self-checkout machines right you've just got a machine where you can scan everything yourself and you take your bag you pay and you go and you don't have to deal with a person you just do it all yourself um, and I think that there is somewhat of a cultural element here because maybe in some countries some people you know don't like those self 
of checkouts as much. They're not as comfortable using them. But certainly here in the UK, it's very normal. People are very happy to use them. Um, you know, quite honestly, when I go to the shop, I pick up stuff. I just walk to the self-checkout. I don't really think about going to the person because now you only really go to that person if there's a problem or if you have a question about something, you know, that a computer's not going to be able to answer for you like do you have this item or where can I find this type of cheese or you know whatever it is um, and so it's the same in fast food restaurants you know McDonald's uh, you often have these kind of you know the computer the self uh, self-ordering machines where you can put in your order and then they'll make it and you just have to go to the counter to pick it up and so um, this is one I think that yeah will definitely we'll see bigger and bigger decreases because realistically I think the only need we're going to have for people to be working uh, in those capacities is just going to be with you know helping answering questions or fixing things if something goes wrong so uh, cashiers are something that is probably not going to be around in the next 10 years and certainly not to the same level that there are now um, and I mentioned fast food restaurants like McDonald's and actually that is the next on the list the next job that a lot of people think will disappear in the next 10 years or start to disappear at least in the next 10 years is a fast food chef. Um, so we're not talking about a chef in like a restaurant but somewhere like McDonald's or Burger King or something like that. Um, a lot of those companies are starting to look a lot more into and some of them are even trialing the use of automated cooking. Um, you know basically robots and things that will that will prepare this food and to a lot of people that sounds strange. You know, a lot of people right now still, when you talk to them about the idea of, of, of robots and machines making your food at a place like McDonald's, a lot of people don't like that idea. But that process already is is very automated, right? The people that work in McDonald's aren't doing a lot of like what we might consider real cooking in the sense of, you know, everything comes kind of pre-prepared. You put it into one machine, you set it to the exact same time, you know, pressing one or two buttons. And the most that they're doing usually is kind of putting all the pieces together and then wrapping it up into a little bit of paper and putting it into the bag. Um, but because that is a job that is considered relatively low skill, which is to say that you know, most people can do that job without a lot of training. Um, and thus, it's a low paid job. It's the type of job that people are actively looking at replacing, uh, or looking at automating, I guess is the, the best way to say it, but replacing with machines or automated systems and robotics and things like that. Uh, and so certainly for fast food restaurants where the cooking process is, is completely standardized and there's very little alteration that needs to happen, um, it's very likely that we will see more and more companies start to trial and introduce the use of um, yeah, automated cooking systems with robotics and different things like that. Um, so that's an interesting one. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's been a long time, to be honest, since I've been to McDonald's. So, um, yeah, I don't know how quickly I will notice that happening, but it's something that we are all likely to start seeing uh, in the near future. So, uh, yeah. Um, the next job on the list is actually postman or mail carrier. Um, I say postman or mail carrier, it kind of depends now because when I was growing up, the person who delivered your post, who would deliver your mail or letters and things like that, it was the postman. Um, but obviously postman comes kind of loaded with the word man um, and 
that sort of man and specifically not woman uh, and most people wouldn't usually say post woman uh, and so we run into problems of kind of you know gender equality and things like that and politically correct speech and all these things and so a lot of people will try and say male carrier uh, but a lot of people will just still say postman for example when I was growing up there was a, a very famous kid show that was called postman Pat uh, and he was a man um, but yeah it was just kind of standard to say postman but anyway the person who delivers the post or the mail. Um, now, this isn't necessarily because people are trying to automate this process, like to have robots and drones and things delivering, uh, delivering mail, but it has more to do with the fact that the things that people deliver are, are decreasing, right? Like there's people in general receive less letters, um, even bills and bank statements and things like that. A lot of companies will send that by email, um, you know, advertisements and different things like that will arrive by email. So there's not as many things that we that we receive by post. And so a lot of people think that um, although we'll still have things like couriers and delivery services, you know, Amazon deliveries and all those kind of things, uh, we might not have as many of the standard post or mail delivery um, in the next 10 years just because there's not going to be that much for them to deliver. Um, this is something that I hadn't really thought about before, so I was quite intrigued to see that on the list, but it, it does actually make sense, that, that idea, you know, it's it's very rare that I receive letters, you know, I I maybe receive a, a little card from my grandma or something like that every now and then. I have a couple of bills that will arrive by mail, but not very many because most people prefer to send emails, especially um, with the topic of, you know, climate change and things like that. Everyone wants to be more green uh, and big companies especially like to try and show people that they're being environmentally conscious by switching your bills to email emails and rather than sending them in paper form but um, yeah um, the the next company on the oh sorry the next type of job on the list uh, is, is a similar kind of idea and so the next job is bank teller so the bank teller is the person that works in the bank right um, now again this isn't because people think that banks are going to disappear altogether but people do think that a lot of the local banks the smaller banks will start to disappear so um, you know usually in a given country you might have five or six big banking companies and of course in the big cities and the big city center they'll have a big branch they'll have a big bank with loads of people you know but usually at least here in the UK uh, even in small little towns and villages you'll have a small branch you'll have a small little bank where there's a few people in there and you can go in and do some you know do whatever you need to do at the bank but it's these smaller banks that people think are going to start to close um, more and more because again a lot of these things people can do online now uh, there aren't that many things that we need to do uh, at a bank right um, of course if you're for example depositing cash well usually you would need to go to a bank but you, there are a lot of um, cash machines now as well where you can actually deposit cash as well as withdraw cash um, but even you know depositing a check for example um, that's something that you can do online now um, I remember a few uh, maybe it was three or four years ago uh, I had a check 
Uh, I got my my grandmother had given me a check for my birthday, uh, as grandmas often do. Uh, and so I took that to the bank to deposit the check. And, and the woman, um, who was probably at least 10 or 20 years older than me at the time, she looked at me all weird and she said, you know you can do this on your phone now, right? You don't have to come into the bank. Um, <laughs> and it was a bit funny because I felt a bit like silly or whatever. But anyway, uh, it didn't matter, obviously. You could still deposit it at the at the bank but um you know that they're, they're they're encouraging people to do things online to not come into banks and things and so you know for those reasons i think we are likely to see less and less smaller banks and so there will be less and less people that work in banks because of that so um yeah that will be kind of interesting to see and um of course again with the rise of all these kind of cryptocurrencies and things like that maybe that will have an effect on you know the financial interest industry and the banking industry and things like that so um yeah we'll see we'll see what happens with that in the future um okay so there's a couple more so the next one is sports referee so this is another one that a lot of people don't like the idea of but the you know the trends over the last few years would tell us that technology is probably going to be playing a much bigger part in sports in the future it already is um, you know within football we have what they call the video assistant referee or VAR um, that that's used to check uh, you know, close things. Did did the ball cross the line? Should it be a goal? Was that person onside or offside or all these different things? Uh, they use it a lot in basketball, uh, in cricket, in rugby, and um, yeah, some there, there's usually different rules and stipulations as to how much it can be used, when it can be used, and all those kind of things. Um, but the, even though there are a lot of people that don't like that part of of sports they don't like the inclusion of technology in sports you know they prefer the human element um what we are seeing is the more that we employ this technology the more accurate the decisions are uh, and thus the more fair these games are because without this technology sometimes mistakes are made by the human referees human errors are made and so you know people win games that they didn't deserve to win because actually they didn't score that goal or you know someone there should have been a foul or someone should have been sent off or you know whatever it is anyway um, the technology increases the the fairness overall and that makes the you know the sports better uh, that makes the competition better um, and so yeah even though we, we still want to have you know a human element within uh, the refereeing of of sports. It does seem likely that technology has become going to become more and more of a prominent part of sports in the future. Um, and so the the last two. Um, the first one we have is retail jeweler. So a retail jeweler, like a jewelry shop, someone that sells jewelry, necklaces, rings, bracelets, that kind of stuff, right? Um, Again, it's not because people think that jewellery is going to stop be being um, popular altogether, but the the jewellery industry has been shrinking quite consistently year after year in the last few years. Um, and the reason seems to be that the younger generations are less inclined to invest money in expensive jewellery. So um, I think that with, with, with jewellery and jewellers, the places where they sell jewellery, it's quite similar to what's been happening in the UK with what we would call... Um, I, well, there's there's uh, a lot of different chains of gyms right in the UK that have gone out of business basically in the last 
five or ten years, let's say. And the reason is because they kind of got caught in the middle, right? So we had our fancy, luxurious gyms, and then we had our normal gyms. But then what happened was we had the introduction of what we could call budget gyms, which were gyms that were a lot cheaper. They were usually 24 hours. Um, they wouldn't employ quite as many staff and things, but they would just have a, a, enough people to make sure that, you know, they had people there for health and safety or whatever. Um, and then they have, yeah, their, their memberships were a lot cheaper. And so what used to be normal gyms found themselves kind of in the middle of they weren't good enough to be classed as these, you know, fancy luxurious gyms, but they weren't cheap enough to compete with the budget gyms and the quality was more or less the same. So there were, you know, three or four big uh, gym companies that went out of business because you know, they couldn't compete either way. And I think that with jewellery, it's probably a similar thing. You know, there are, of course, you know, high quality, luxurious jewellery um, that, you know, rich people can afford. But, you know, the average person maybe doesn't care for jewellery that's okay, but not like really good. So why spend a lot of money on something that's quite nice but not really good you know when we have things like etsy and all of these different kind of websites where where people can share their kind of personalized creations and people can make personalized jewelry and things like that that has maybe uh they have a little bit more of a connection to it and you know there's not a thousand other people walking around with the exact same thing on so um yeah, with the with the fact that younger generations are more likely to support smaller businesses and are looking for more ethical and sustainable businesses and things like that, the kind of average high street jewellery shop is likely to, to become a thing of the past in the future. Uh, and so the final job for today is another one that a lot of people are hesitant about, but one that I think is, is pretty much inevitable, um, and that is taxi driver. So stick with me and I'll explain why I say it's pretty much inevitable. So the first element we have here is the advancement of self-driving cars, right? Um, a lot of uh, a lot of companies like Uber um, and Lyft and things like that are, are investing a lot of money and time and into research and development around self-driving cars uh, because obviously if a taxi company like that can produce self-driving cars that are safe and it all goes well then that makes their profit margins huge because now they don't have to pay anyone to actually drive the car um, and of course in the past you know a taxi driver was quite a highly skilled job because you needed to know the area well because before sat navs and things like that you know you couldn't be driving up one road getting out your map looking at the map putting the map away driving up the next road you know doing that over and over again it would take you forever to get anywhere um so, you know, a taxi driver, to be able to drive a taxi in any given city, you would have to show knowledge of being able to navigate all around that city, to know all of the streets, to know all of the different routes, to know which different diversions you could take if a certain road was closed and all those kind of things. Um, you needed to be able to, to do all of that and know all of that. Whereas now, that's that doesn't matter anymore because everyone has a sat-nav in their car. So it's quite common, or at least it's been quite common for me, um, to get into a taxi in a city, uh, tell the person where I want to go and have the taxi driver ask me which way do you think is the best way to go or which way is the quickest way to go. 
The reason they ask that is usually because they just assume you're going home or going somewhere that you know the way to. So maybe you're used to it and you know to go one way or the other. The sat nav will usually give you two or three options. But to me, it's almost a bit like annoying to have a taxi driver ask me which way to go because you know, that I, I grew up, you know, bef taking taxis before there were sat-navs as much, so it's kind of like, well, you should know the way. I feel like that's your job, like, not to be rude, but that's kind of what you're supposed to do. But that isn't the reality that we live in now. You don't need to know the ins and outs of the city that you're driving in. You just need to have a sat-nav that's connected, uh, and that's good enough. And so, um, you know, because of we the removal of the skill element of that job and then the increasing development of self-driving cars um, and I did do an episode talking about you know self-driving cars and things like that so you can go check that out if that's a, a topic that's interesting to you but uh, I think for a lot of reasons that is going to become a reality uh, despite the fact there are a lot of people that think that it would be bad that it would be unsafe um, we shouldn't have self-driving cars and things like that it's it's we're already we already have a lot of cars that do a lot of driving themselves that can correct direction they can steer they can park themselves they can stop they can auto brake uh, and adjust their speed and things like that so um, I, I think we're probably not that far off and so when we get to that point when we have self-driving cars and it's all legal and safe then companies like Uber and, and things like that they're not going to bother employing taxi drivers um, and in doing that they're also probably going to be able to make taxi journeys cheaper which will mean that the average consumer like you or me will be more inclined to use companies like uber because it's cheaper to get a robot taxi than it is to get a taxi with a human driving you so um, again it will probably take time some of these things you know they take a little bit of time for people to adjust to and get used to some of these things we don't like the idea of them so we start to think well no that's not going to happen because people won't like it but um, you know slowly but surely we get used to these things and it becomes more and more normal uh, and so a lot of these jobs that I've talked about today are very likely not going to exist in the next 10 years or at least that's what some people think so it would be really cool to think to hear sorry what you guys think so if you have any thoughts on anything that I've said in today's episode then feel free to get in contact with me you can get in touch on Instagram at unlocking British English or of course if you join the group you can contact me on there and we can all chat about uh, what I've talked about in today's episode. So yeah, that is everything for today. But uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And I look forward to speaking to you again in the next one.